And I'm just going to start from uh, Ephesians 6 from verse 18, where we're finishing off looking at how we need to stand. Because we've got an enemy, you know, we, we have to be really conscious that actually it, there's a spiritual battle and it's a reality that exists. You know, the suffering, the perverseness, the evil, everything that we see in this world, you know, has a spiritual source and, and as Christians we should be aware and what should we do and the Apostle Paul has started to tell us what to do. So I'm going to continue from Ephesians 6, 18. So after we've talked about the armor of God, um, so from verse 18 it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Uh, he goes on, but I'll, I'll stop there for now. Um, so we know that we've got an enemy, and we know that it's the devil and he's the father of lies. You know, he looks for ways to deceive us because we know the truth that we have. We know the finished work that we have in God. And he knows that if we know, we are going to live in victory. So he will do everything that he possibly can to deceive us. You know, we're told in 1 Peter that he's, he's like a prowling lion looking, searching for who he, might, he may devour. You know, even in Job, you know, God asks him and says, where are you coming from? And he says, I've been prowling the earth back and forth. You know, he is an enemy who's alert, who wants to deceive us. You know, Diablo, the father of lies. That's what he's trying to do. So we are told here that we're supposed to stand, that, you know, take out on the full armor of God. And part of that armor, part of the weapons that God has given us is prayer. Yeah, so today we're going to be just looking at prayer. How does prayer help us in this fight against the enemy? And I think we, because he, the enemy is, is actively looking. Yeah, he's actively searching, prowling. Who can he devour? We need to be alert. We need to know um, that we have an enemy. But also what is good news is that the battle has already been won. We know the result. The battle has already been won. And, um, you know, but he's out there to try and um, get us. And also that the devil is no match for God. You know? So he, he relies on deception. And it is important for us to be aware. So prayer is necessary. And it is a weapon that we have to fight the devil's lies. And in this passage, there's a lot of all, all, you know, there's a lot of things that the Apostle Paul tells us about prayer, that we're to pray at all times in the spirit with all kinds of prayer and supplication. We're supposed to keep alert with all perseverance and making supplication for all the saints. So prayer is how we will spiritually fight the enemy. Our prayers connect us with God and they strengthen us. You know, we usher the kingdom of God through prayer, you know, and what better example do we have than the prayer life of our Lord Jesus Christ? You know, just going through the Gospels, you just see that Jesus was always praying, you know, 
he prayed all night. He prayed at his baptism. He prayed before he chose his disciples. He prayed for his disciples. He taught his disciples to pray. You know, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed even at the cross. Our Lord was constantly praying. And if our Lord is praying that much, how much so are we supposed to model that and pray? Jesus prayed all the time. And we are also being asked to pray all the time. You know, we are in a battle. It's a spiritual warfare. And prayer is communicating with our command, our central command with God to hear from him. You know, prayer is saying we're dependent. Like, God, we can't do anything without you. Prayer is leaning on God and saying, God, without you, we're nothing. Prayer is saying, we, you know, sometimes the schemes of the devil, they seem like there's a bit of truth there. But with prayer, you know, we're acknowledging that we will rely on God and God um, will reveal the truth to us. You know, and I think sometimes at least in my case, sometimes I think it's just being overconfident in your own abilities that you kind of stop praying. You know, you're like, oh, there's a problem. You try everything. You know, you go and you try and try. And then finally, when it doesn't work, then you think, oh, maybe I ought to be praying. But actually, we need to be starting from praying. Like, that should be our default for everything. Prayer should be um, our default position. You know, um, and through prayer, it encourages us to hold fast onto God's promises. So as I was saying uh, last week, that the word of God, you know, Jesus used the word of God so much. And then with prayer, the two of them together, uh, we will lay hold of God's promises. And also prayer really helps us to focus back on God, you know, to give us perspective. Because sometimes you look at your problem and you think, oh, it's too hard, but actually Prayer helps us to bring everything back into perspective. And a really good example is uh, King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19.14. You know, the Assyrian um, army was like a really powerful military force. It was the most powerful military force at that time. And they were taking over nation after nation, leaving them desolate. Like, they were unstoppable, you know. And then um, the king of Assyria sends a message to um, Hezekiah, who was the king of Judah. Judah, very small nation, and says, you know, if I were you, I'd rather surrender. Because look what's happening. There's, you know, it's going to be futile to resist us, to resist the Assyrian army. But I just want us to see how prayer and how Hezekiah responded so this is from 2 Kings, from uh, chapter 19, from verse 14. So the, the king of Assyria sent a, a message to say, you know, surrender, it's futile. And then Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God. You alone of all, of all the kingdoms of the earth have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. 
Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, who has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations, and their hands have cast the gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of, hand, of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord our God, save us, please, from the hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. It's true, there were desolating nations, but Hezekiah went to pray and got perspective that this is the living God. This is the creator of heaven and earth. So yes, while all this is happening, when he went and prayed, he gained perspective. He was able to see God for who he was. And actually, the rest is history. You know, when you look just further down in verse 35, it says, and that night. So God heard Hezekiah's cry. And it says, and at that night, from verse 35, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead bodies. And the king of Assyria departed and went home and lived in Nineveh. That is the power of prayer. That is the power of our God. We need to be able to put things into perspective. And we can do that through prayer. So that when the enemy comes with all his deceitful lies, we are able to stand. So prayer should be our default position. It shouldn't be our last resort. Our lives should be dependent on God. You know, we don't pray like to twist God's arm to say, Lord, but actually we pray to put it into God's hands and say, Lord, you're capable. You're able to do this for us. Um, so when we say that our lives should be dependent on God through prayer, it's like a daily moment by moment thing. So from the moment that we wake up, you know, in the morning, Lord, I give myself to you today. I surrender everything. From when you're having breakfast everywhere, I think we need to be conscious that God is with us. In everything that we do, involve God every single day. And the more we do that, uh, the more we know his presence with us, the more we can walk confidently, knowing that we have an enemy, but we know that our God is more than able to do all things. And in this verse, it also said, led by the Spirit. So the Spirit leads us into all truth. The Spirit will illuminate God to us. He will guide us in prayer. You know, he says it helps in our weakness, even when we don't know what to pray for. The Spirit will pray for us. He brings clarity. He reveals, and he will reveal even opportunities to pray um, for other people, and stuff like that. So it's really important um, that we are constantly in prayer, living a life of prayer. And it also says in this verse 18 that with all prayers and supplication. Um, and even just, we're going through the Lord's Prayer during this week. And also we get to see the different types of prayer. It's not just one prayer, but sometimes we're adoring the Lord, we're worshiping. We're glorifying him, exalting him, magnifying. Sometimes we're coming, we're confessing our sins. Lord, please forgive us. You know, sometimes we pray alone. Sometimes we pray together. Sometimes we're walking. Sometimes we're singing. Sometimes we're shouting. We need to be a prayerful people. We need to be a people who are constantly, 
communing with our God. So whatever the circumstance, whatever the season, whatever we're going through, we need to be praying. And also, it says to be alert. We know, we've already heard that he is seeking who he may devour. So we need to be alert. You know, we are in a battle. And we can't just walk into a battle, but we need to be people who are watchful. What is happening? Watching what our God is saying. Looking to him. Yeah, and looking and seeing these are the devices he uses. You know, everyone's got kind of a weakness or whatever, but knowing when the, um, the enemy tries to attack, knowing that, you know, we've got prayer, we can pray, so we need to be alert. And Jesus says that to his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying, he came back, they were sleeping, and he said, you know, be alert, be watchful so that you don't fall into temptation. So we actually have to be proactive in um, prayer. Um, I'm just trying to be quick. Um, And also all perseverance. And I think with perseverance, because sometimes it can be really difficult, but I think it's really important that we remember that who we are praying to in perseverance, the sovereign God the living God, the creator of the universe, the one who knows us in and out. That is who we pray to. And Jesus himself encourages us and he says, persevere in prayer. You know, he gave um, the example of the, of the widow who goes to the, uh, like an unjust judge or a corrupt judge and goes and asks for justice. And the judge did, couldn't care, you know, but she went on and on and on, until, because he was so irritated, he was like, I'll give you the justice. What more our God, who is a just God, who is for us, who is with us, who we know he is a good God who loves us. Imagine when we persevere in prayer, we know he's a good God, we know he's for us. So we should move confidently, we should pray confidently, uh, knowing that he's a God uh, who loves us. You know, so sometimes are you, like, are you thinking, Lord, for how long? Like, Lord, how long? Are you praying for a relationship that is so damaged? Are you, you know, praying for loved ones, for their salvation? What is it? The Lord Jesus says, persevere, because he is a good God. He, he says, what more? If a corrupt judge can do this, what about me, a just and loving God? So just to give encouragement this morning that let's persevere in prayer. Even if we don't see it, we know we we serve a good God who's ready to give us um, all we need. So please take heart uh, because he has overcome the world. And then finally, from verse 18... We should be making supplication for the saints. So praying for one another. We should be a people who are always praying for one another. Uh, We are a body and we should live our lives together. So when you see someone needs prayer, to be always praying for each other, holding each other in prayer, encouraging one another so that the enemy has got no chance to spread his lies to make us doubt ourselves. Um, And there's a commanded blessing 
you know, when saints dwell together in unity. Um, and then right at the end of Ephesians 6, uh, the Apostle Paul has a blessing that I would also like to read to us all. So peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with, incor with love incorruptible. So um, I think uh, just as we close, I think it's a, we just need to respond um, to the truth or what Jesus has done for us on the cross and to know that we are people with, with hope, that we can confidently go to our Savior and um, he will rescue us. So is there time for communion? Yeah. Okay. So I just want to go back to the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 2, and then we'll take communion together because we are, we, we are asked to pray together, to encourage one another, to lift each other up. So I'm going to read from Ephesians 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you are Gentiles who by birth... So I'll start. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at, the, at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners in the, to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulation. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he, he put to death their hostility. So as we take communion as a body, um, we are reminded of what God has done for us, that he has brought us in, that we are adopted into his family. And as we take communion, we take it in remembrance of what God has done. And we need to be alert of the schemes. And they're just schemes, you know, they're just plans and stuff, but they are futile. We need to stand. And when we have done everything, to stand. Um, amen. Thank you.